Hello, this is Courtney Parker, your host for Lingering in the Light. In this podcast, we study recent general conference talks from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal is to savor those messages as we strive to become more like Christ. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to be discussing Elder Neil L. Anderson's talk called Spiritually Defining Memories. Don't worry that we missed a few talks. I'll be going back. I'm not going in any particular order. So early in Elder Anderson's talk, he says, quote, God powerfully and very personally assures each of us that he knows us and loves us and that he is blessing us specifically and openly. Then in our moments of difficulty, the Savior brings these experiences back into our mind, close quote. So I think that's a beautiful principle. Just the fact that we're not left on this earth alone. We're brought here by a loving Heavenly Father. He is guiding us, He's leading us, and He has His hand in our lives. And He wants to show us over and over again that He loves us. And one of the ways that He does this is through giving us spiritual experiences. Just little nudges to say, Hey, I love you. I'd like to share with you an experience I had that was a nudge such as this. Mind you, it was a big nudge. And definitely what I would call a spiritually defining experience in my life. I previously wrote it down for a blog that I was a contributing blogger for called She Teaches Fearlessly. So I'm just going to read that for you. And so if it sounds a little bit flowery in comparison to podcast talk, that's why. As a soon-to-be missionary, where do you think you'll serve your mission was a question I heard almost daily. My canned response went something like this. I don't know, but I hope it's to a foreign country or at least speaking a foreign language. In fact, I would be floored if I get called English-speaking. You see, I had recently returned home from Romania, where I volunteered at a children's hospital and orphanage. I had arrived in the country knowing a mere five words of Romanian, and after three and a half months, I was blessed to pick up enough of the language to be proficient at holding a conversation. The taxi drivers and ward members, along with the hospital and orphanage workers, were often astounded at my ability to communicate with them. The question came to my mind, why does the language come so easily to me? I concluded that it must be in preparation for me to serve a mission in a foreign language, Romanian most likely. Or perhaps I'd speak another Latin-based language like French or Italian or Spanish. Surely the Lord had given me this gift of tongues for a reason. What other reason could there be? Finally, the long-awaited day came when that white envelope arrived in the mailbox. I summoned my family together to witness this epic, life-changing event. I opened the package with nervous anticipation. I felt like a six-year-old girl with a wrapped gift on my lap, wondering if Grandma had gotten me that easy-bake oven I always wanted. After clumsily removing the contents and opening the booklet, I read the words aloud. You are assigned to labor in the... Drum roll, please. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun! Arizona Tucson Mission in the English language. I stared at my mission call, feeling like Grandma got me socks. All sorts of thoughts ran through my mind. Huh? What? Could this be a mistake? Was this call meant for someone else? Maybe this call is evidence that Heavenly Father has a sense of humor. Sure, the United States is technically a foreign country when you live in Canada, but it sure isn't exotic. Standing before my family, I tried to swallow my pride and channel my thoughts to something more positive. My twin brother had recently returned from his mission in Mesa, Arizona. 
How nice that we would have Arizona in common. Then a nugget of truth came to my mind that I had known all my life, but had yet to fully understand. God knows me, and he knows the best road for me to take. I tried to hold on to that thought with all my might, not wanting to let it go, not wanting to face the disappointment that might creep in. When I entered the MTC, however, it was hard to stay optimistic. Everywhere I looked, there were missionaries donning the familiar name tag, many indicating they would be speaking a foreign language. I met the missionaries who would be serving in Romania. Some of them laughed about how they had no natural language ability whatsoever. I tried to smile, but I felt my stomach churn with jealousy. I sought to move forward with faith as I hit my first area in the mission, Thatcher, Arizona, a small town with lots of members of the church. As missionaries, one of our daily goals was to talk to at least 20 people on the streets. In my first area, this turned out to be a daily struggle. With regular temperatures of 110 degrees Fahrenheit, the mostly residential area resembled a ghost town, not a soul in sight. One particular day, we walked out of our apartment looking for someone to talk to. We looked across the street to the post office. No one. We walked over to the only other place in the vicinity, a gas station. No one was around, but there was a car parked at one of the pumps, and his window was rolled down. Opportunity was calling, so we approached the vehicle. My companion and I leaned down and introduced ourselves through the window, started making small talk. As the young man responded, I could make out an accent. I like your accent. Where are you from? I asked. Romania, was his reply. Banu, I responded, which is Romanian for no way, and I proceeded to speak with him in Romanian. My companion stood there a little dumbfounded, not quite sure how she could be of use at that moment. In hopes of finding someone else to talk to, she looked around to see a young lady walking toward the car from the gas station. As my companion conversed with her, she found out a handful of interesting things. Number one, this girl and the Romanian were dating. Number two, she was a member of the church. Number three, he was not a member of the church. Number four, her parents had tried multiple times to convince him to take the lessons. Number five, he was not in the least bit interested. Number six, in hopes of having them stop bugging him to take the lessons, he offered a compromise which would surely leave them powerless. If you find a missionary who speaks Romanian, then I'll take the lessons. Well, there I was. Recognizing that he had kind of painted himself into a corner, he agreed to take the lessons. As I taught with a limited Romanian vocabulary, my wonderful companion prayed for the Spirit to be there, and that the right words would come to my mind. We continued to teach the lessons and to watch him progress, little by little, but eventually we parted ways. My companion and I were transferred out of the area, and the Romanian and his girlfriend moved away. I was grateful that the Lord allowed me to plant a seed, but was unsure if or when it would ever blossom. However, one day, as my companion and I were getting ready for bed, letting me know that this young man was getting baptized. As I hung up the phone, my heart filled with gratitude and peace, as my own words echoed in my mind. Surely the Lord has given me this gift of tongues for a reason. As it turns out, perhaps this young man was enough of a reason. Elder Anderson said, quote, when personal difficulty, doubt, or discouragement darken our path, or when world conditions beyond our control lead us to wonder about the future, spiritually defining memories from our book of life are like luminous stones that help brighten the road ahead. 
assuring us that God knows us, loves us, and has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to help us return home. Close quote. So one reason my experience is a spiritually defining moment for me is that it's something that I can remember when I'm going through a hard time and start questioning God's love for me. When I'm tempted to think he doesn't care, I have this memory to pull from, and I can't deny how great the worth of one soul is in the sight of God. Heavenly Father not only knew what this young man needed in order to embrace the gospel, he also cared enough to orchestrate it. And I feel like God blessed me to learn Romanian so quickly so that I might be an instrument in his hands. This gave me the feeling that God had a specific purpose for me and the feeling that my mission was a truly inspired mission call. In a talk called My Peace I Leave With You, Elder Eyring said, quote, You will at times have your faith challenged by Satan. It happens to all disciples of Jesus Christ. Your defense against these attacks is to keep the Holy Ghost as your companion. The Spirit will speak peace to your soul. He will urge you forward in faith, and he will bring back the memory of those times when you felt the light and love of Jesus Christ. Close quote. So, in other words, difficulty, doubt, and discouragement are going to happen, but they don't need to prevail. This reminds me of Oliver Cowdery's experience in Doctrine and Covenants section 6. He prayed to know if the gospel was true, and he had received a confirmation that it was, but then he started to experience doubts. Joseph then receives a revelation for Oliver Cowdery, not even realizing that Oliver was struggling with his faith. In verse 23, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If you desire a further witness, cast your mind upon the night that you cried unto me in your heart, that you might know concerning the truth of these things. Did I not speak peace to your mind concerning the matter? What greater witness can you have than from God? Close quote. I think this is a great example of how sometimes our spiritual experiences are small. Elder Anderson said, quote, Perhaps your prayer has been answered again and again, but you have had your expectations fixed on something so grand that you haven't recognized that your prayers have always been answered. Close quote. Oliver cried unto God in prayer, and he experienced peace. Sometimes we might be looking for a messenger from heaven experience like Joseph Smith received, when many times Heavenly Father has blessed us with a heart of peace like Oliver Cowdery received. And those types of spiritual experiences are just as personal and just as much an indication of God's love. In the talk I mentioned earlier by Elder Eyring, he gives us an idea of what kinds of memories might come to mind. He says, quote, The memory may be of an answered prayer, of a priesthood ordinance received, of a confirmation of your testimony, or of a moment when you saw God's guiding hand in your life. Close quote. There have been times in my life where I've doubted, or at least wondered, if the gospel is true. But those doubts and wonderings didn't really have an opportunity to take root, because I was able to remember experiences in my past where I had felt the Spirit, or re received an answer to prayer. Sometimes it's even just been a memory of a person, or people, and the remembrance that their testimonies were sure. And for the time being, those memories were enough to sustain me as I put my doubts on the shelf and worked and waited to receive my own witness. So in other words, after you have these great experiences, Heavenly Father can help you to remember them so that you can linger in the light of your spiritually defining memories. So do we just go through the routine of daily life and hope that Heavenly Father will drop these experiences into our laps? 
Well, Elder Anderson had something to say about that. He said, quote, I invite you to take steps to hear him better and more often, close quote. And President Nelson said something similar and then added a little something extra. He said, quote, In the absence of experiences with God, one can doubt the existence of God. So put yourself in a position to begin having experiences with him. Close quote. So in other words, do the things and be in the places that will help you have spiritual experiences regularly. These powerful spiritual experiences can be lasting and sustaining. In fact, Elder Anderson, in referring to the first vision, said, quote, In his difficult hours, Joseph's memory reached back nearly two decades to the certainty of God's love for him. Close quote. I think one of the reasons that that experience sustained Joseph Smith for so long and lasted in his heart for so long was partly that he continued on the right path. And of course, we need to do the same. If the last time I could recall spiritual experiences was on my mission more than a dozen years ago, I'd be in trouble. Even if we think that Heavenly Father has given us a spectacular blessing, there's a chance we could forget, at least forget the intensity of that experience and the effect it had on us. That makes me think of Amulek when he was sharing with the people in Ammonihah about how he became a missionary alongside Alma. He talks about his life beforehand, and then in Alma 10 verse 5 he says, quote, Nevertheless, after all this, I never have known much of the ways of the Lord and his mysteries and marvelous power. Close quote. So it seems to me that he's saying he hasn't seen the hand of the Lord much in his life, but then he stops himself and says, quote, I said I never had known much of these things, but behold, I mistake, for I have seen much of his mysteries and his marvelous power, yea, even in the preservation of the lives of this people. Close quote. So just like Amulek, we can forget seeing the hand of the Lord in our lives. Elder Anderson gives us an idea of what we can do to not forget. He relates an experience where he taught an amazing investigator, and the spirit was so strong, and the experience was so profound for him that he prayed and said, quote, Heavenly Father, please help me to never forget what I have just felt. And to that he says, I never have, close quote. It reminds me of when I was on my mission, and I haven't always loved the scriptures, but on my mission, I came to have an amazing relationship with the scriptures and with my Savior through the scriptures. And I hungered for them, and I relished the time that I could spend in them. I loved that I had an hour a day for personal study, and then another about an hour for companionship study. There were times I'd check the clock to make sure I still had plenty of time left to study, only to see that I only had a couple of minutes left. But there was so much more I wanted to feast on. At one point, my companion laughed at me a little because I'd keep looking up at the clock nervously, biting my lip, not wanting it to be over. <laughs> I also remember just sitting there and reflecting and thinking, Oh man, I've heard that when missionaries go home, even though they loved the scriptures and they poured over them so much during their missions, they forgot how much they loved them and they stopped feasting on them. I never want to forget this. I want to always love the scriptures. And I yearned for that. I remember on multiple occasions praying, sometimes with tears in my eyes, saying, Heavenly Father, please help me to never forget how much I love the scriptures, and please help me to always treasure them. And you know what? Although not every scripture study session has been amazing, I haven't forgotten, and I still treasure them. Another way that Elder Anderson suggests that we can keep these memories in our hearts is to write them down. He says, quote, Embrace your sacred memories. 
Believe them. Write them down. Share them with your family. Trust that they come to you from your Heavenly Father and His beloved Son. Let them bring patience to your doubts and understanding to your difficulties. Close quote. And that quote brings up another point that I think is worth sharing. In addition to forgetting our memories, we might also negatively interpret them. A year or so ago during state conference, a member of the state presidency talked about how when we have a spiritual experience, a revelation, an answer to prayer, or a prompting, Satan is so quick to be right on the heels of that revelation to have us doubt what we just felt or experienced. I've reflected a lot upon that talk since then, and I try to be ready for Satan to chime in and be more aware when he tries to turn my spiritual experiences into nothing special. So again, Elder Anderson said we need to embrace our sacred memories and believe them. This reminds me of a talk by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland called Cast Not Away Therefore Your Confidence. He says, quote, Don't lose your confidence. Don't forget how you once felt. Don't distrust the experience you had. And he goes on to say, Once there has been genuine illumination, beware the temptation to retreat from a good thing. If it was right when you prayed about it and trusted it and lived for it, it is right now. Close quote. So we've talked about how when we recognize our spiritual experiences, we can feel God's love and fend off our doubts. But I think another reason we need to recognize them is because sometimes Heavenly Father, maybe He expects action to come as a result of these experiences. For example, Elder Anderson related an experience from President Nelson's life back when he was a heart surgeon. He said, quote, Years ago, an elderly stake patriarch with two failing heart valves pleaded for then Dr. Russell M. Nelson to intervene. Although at that time there was not a surgical solution for the damaged second valve, Dr. Nelson finally agreed to do the surgery. Here are President Nelson's words. After relieving the obstruction of the first valve, we exposed the second valve. We found it to be intact but so badly dilated that it could no longer function as it should. While examining this valve, a message was distinctly impressed upon my mind. Reduce the circumference of the ring. I announced that message to my assistant. The valve tissue will be sufficient if we can effectively reduce the ring toward its normal size. But how? A picture came vividly to my mind showing how stitches could be placed. He goes on to say that his assistant announced, It's a miracle. The patriarch lived for many years. Close quote. Elder Anderson said, quote, Dr. Nelson had been directed, and he knew that God knew that he knew he had been directed. Close quote. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had a spiritual experience and as a result felt accountable to God to do what he asked you to do? As I mentioned in the introductory episode, I actually never had a desire to serve a mission. But then I thought I felt a prompting to go. And as I consulted the Lord in prayer, I felt that assurance comes stronger and stronger over and over again that I needed to serve. Basically, I knew that God knew that I knew that I needed to serve a mission. And like Joseph Smith, when he had the experience in the sacred grove where Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appeared to him, he said, I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it, neither dared I do it. It wasn't easy for me to act on the prompting I received to go on a mission, but I testify that it was worth it. Elder Anderson says, quote, I promise you that as you willingly acknowledge and carefully treasure the spiritually defining events in your life, more and more will come to you, close quote. 
This reminds me of a time when I was in college and I had a great roommate named Jenny. She and I had bedrooms right next to each other, and at one point we decided we would get together in the evening and discuss what happened in the day that we were grateful for. And I swear to you that as we did that, more and more blessings came into our lives that we could be grateful for. It was like we were overflowing with blessings rather than having to dig for just one thing to tell each other. So I believe in this principle, that as we recognize and hold dear our sacred experiences, we will be blessed with more and more. I'd like to end the way Elder Anderson ended his talk by saying, quote, Heavenly Father knows you and loves you, close quote. I think that above all, that's why he gives us these experiences, to show us his love. Thank you so much for joining me on Lingering in the Light, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>